0: Okay, today's year, Parshas Re'eh, Tavshin Ayintes. And we are back here in Eretz Yisrael, Baruch Hashem, from Beit Shemesh, in Nofei Hashemesh. And we are back with Parshas Re'eh as we continue with the last weeks of Tavshin Ayintes, as we have Rosh Chodesh Elul this Shabbos. And uh, there's a lot to talk about, and as we know, there are many ideas in these parshios that have to do with inyan diyoma. Starting with the first word, the first pasuk in this week's parsha, re'ei anochi nosin l'techem mayom brachu uklala bechire free choice. We have to make choices. That's what life's about. That's this, that's what this time period is about, and that's what uh, so many of the thoughts that we've done over the years in these parshios re'ei and shoftim mishotrim tithin l'chach b'chal sharecha. We have to make we have to make shoftim with ourselves. Kiseitz when we go to war against the the enemy, the Yitzhahara, right? all of these um, parshios have a lot to do with uh, this time of year, as well as a tremendous amount of mitzvahs, Parshas re'eh, Shovtim and kiseitseh, that is a large chunk of the 613, as we, will, uh, as we will see. But either way, let's talk about one mitzvah that came up a few weeks ago, it appears two places in the Torah, both in Sefer Dvarim, very few, if not I don't know if any other that appears two different times only in Sefer Tvarim, and that is Baltosef and Baltigra. If we look in Parak Yud Gimel Aleph, the Torah tells us, "As kol asher anochi mitzaveh l'asos." The entire davar, everything that I tell you to, I command you to do. Oso l'asos, that you shall guard to do. Lotosif Allah menu. Do not add on to it what I tell you to do, and do not take away from it. Lotosif and Baltigra. And Rashi quotes here on Baltosif. Rashi does not comment on Baltigra. Interesting. Baltosif is Rashi says, Hamisha Totafos Batfilin. Adding a fifth box to the Tvillin, what would you put in the fifth box? It only talks about Tillin four times in the Torah. Okay, but you make another box and you find something nice to put in. Hamish minim arba brachos, labirchas, koanim. So on a bracha, right? That's Baltosif, rashi, on. We know we had this back in Parshas Hanan. We also had baltosef and baltigra. And the Mepharshavos already wonder are bothered, N- not too many of the Rishonim, um, but uh, there is one or two, mostly the Akronim, the Vilna and others talk about the relationship between the two psukkim, Baltosif and baltigra in the two parashios. Before we get to um, a thought that I want to mention of, that we haven't mentioned in the past, I just want to review something that we did about a decade ago. And that is the Rambam's words about Baltosif and baltigra. The Rambam discusses the major question that we have to deal with and that is Baltosif and baltigra. We're not allowed to add on, take away, what about the din and Rabbanan? the The Rabbanon come along and knock out a mitzvah Dar-Aisa. Rosh Shechal Yesh Peshabis, no chauffeur. How do they do that? chneris Ishranika, new mitzvah. Well, we know there's a machlokas between Rashi and the Ramban about how to understand the mitzvah of Baltosef And we take where the Ramban has a little expanded view. Hosafa on Baltosef. Rashi, based on Chazal, only quotes the examples of adding on to an existing mitzvah. I think we discussed a couple of weeks ago in Parshas Vaschanan in the Parshashir that the Ramban says even bada mitzvah Libo. Right, even making up your own mitzvah, not adding on to an existing mitzvah. And he quotes the example of Yeravim ben adding on a new ha- holiday a month after Sukkot, in the middle of Cheshvan. So we discussed that. So that is a machlokas. But in general, the Rishonim are bothered. Toshvot and Rosh Hashanah, the Rambam in front of you, in source number one and number two. How do the Rabbanon have the authority to add on mitzvos, to take away mitzvos? Isn't that a violation? Shouldn't that be a violation? What, a clergy exemption? right? The, 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 we know that we are the only religion that believes the same laws apply to every single Jew. Moshe Rabbeinu and the Pashit shutim of the Yehudim are subject to the same mitzvahs, basically. Yes, the king has certain extra limitations and the Kohen, but just because somebody is clergy doesn't mean that they have any different mitzvahs, right? it's different than other religions. So if a Jew, if a, a Yachid can't, Add on a mitzvah So the Rabbim and the Rabbanon can add on a mitzvah So that's the Rambam's question Says the Rambam In source number one and number two This is in Hilchus Mamrim Says the Rambam The rabbanon have the power To knock out a mitzvah temporarily even if it's a later bezin that wasn't as great as an earlier bezin. And the Ramam continues. We're not going to read the whole thing. line nine. If they do something because the generation needs. As the Gemara sometimes says. Like the example, the most famous example the Gemara talks about. Elio Bahar Carmel. Right, building a mizbeach at a time when there was a Beis megdash, there was an Isra of Shchutei Chutz, building a mizbeach on Har Carmel, up north. How did El-Yohanavi do that? Elio did that because the nation was serving the Baal. And says the Rambam, in his mashal, Kishem shaharofe Chotech Yodo Oraglo, shelze Kadesh Yichrei Kulo, just like a doctor, Rahman al sometimes needs to amputate in order to save the entire organism, Kach Bezdin, Morin, bizmam, and sometimes Bezdin needs to amputate the taryag. Sometimes you need to cut here and add there and make something artificial here in order to save the organism of Kla Yisro. Lavra almiksas mitzvah slofisha, kedeshi is kaimu harishonim, like the Gemara says in Mesechas yuma, chalel lav achas, kedeshi ish varshavasos harve. If we take a very fine, a small, limited view, you're cutting off this mitzvah. How can you do that? You're cutting off the Mitzvah of Shofir on Shabbos. How do you do that? How do you uh, violate the Shabbos? No, but there's, there's a tremendous greater good here. And only the rabbanan in their infinite wisdom have the authority and the power to know when it's appropriate and when it's not. Right? There is a concept in the Gemara called an Avera There's a big sogya, Yael, Right with Sisra, there are examples of an Avira lishma, but it's very limited, very limited in, in uh, scope and in terms of creating and taking away mitzvos. That for sure is not uh, allowed, except in extenuating circumstances. So that's the Rambam. Uh, what the abundant are doing by amputating? But then he asks our question in source number two. Since they have the power to make zerus and make things since they have the power to make and make things usser is what, what, what is it that the torah warns menu right baltosif and baltigra right it's interesting that the rambam quotes our pasach, not from V'eschanan, it's the singular, which is the pasach here. That's the second one in the Torah. Why does the Rambam quote this V're'eh and not earlier? Okay, not for now. Lo toz havalo t'ikrami'enu. Sh'lo lo hosef al-divrei torah, velo ligrami'en. Ve lo k'voa olam shumina torah. Bein b'torosh v'echzah, bein b'torosh v'alpeh. K'tzad, how do they do this? It says the Rambam. Ha-re'kosev, betor lo s'vash One is all at a cook uh, goat in its mother's milk. Meat and Milk. On a Torah level, we know that it is mutter, chicken and milk. If Bezin would come along and say that. Beef and milk are muter. That's an isra of Baltigra. They took away an avera. Vim yeser basar ofa yomar shu bechla ha gidiv uaser menat Torah harizem osif. And if they would say chicken and milk is usser from the Torah, that would be a violation of Baltosef. Aval im omar. if the rabbanan say basar of muter menat Torah v'yonun esar oso it's muter midaraisa, but we with the power invested in us. Are assering it right? We don't say with the power invested in us. We don't say that at a wedding because a wedding has nothing to do with a rabbi. It's the chassan to the kallah, but making dinim for the nation that is definitely the power invested in them. That's the losasur. So if we, with the power invested in us, asser vino dia la amshug zera, and we let everyone know that it is a rabbinic decree shalovu min adavar churva, so nobody, you know, no negative tragic. No uh, results might come out of it by mix-ups. The yomar basar ha'of muter mipneishol on parish patora kach achay mutera shalol parsha. If we're very clear, this is daraisa, this is drabbanon, this is what we're adding on the Drabanon. So in that way, that's not baltosan and baltigra, because they are not blurring the lines between what's, what's daraisa and what's drabbanon. The other echad lomar af basar behema muter chitzvanei es. You lomar af basar and it leads to terrible things. Ein zem Mosef as long as the lines are not blurred, and this is, if you remember, we've mentioned in other shiurim, the Avos Durebinasan. at the beginning, I think of the second parak, discusses siagim, and the Avos de Rebinasan discusses how the first one to violate, so to speak, this mistake of Al was Chava Adam and Chava, meaning if Chava would have said Hashem told me not to eat from the tree, and I'm not even going to touch the tree me midrabanon, then history would have been different. But she said, Hashem told me not to touch the tree. And once the lines were blurred between the da'oraisa and the da'rabanon, the command and the fence, so then tragedy incur, uh, tragedy uh, occurred, and that's what we have. That was a violation, so to speak, of Baltos and Altegra. One might say that was the first stuff they were done in the entire Torah, entire world history, the Isra of Baltos, right, blurring the lines. Okay. So what is this? This is all we've discussed in the past, but it's important to uh, to review. But we know that the power that the Rabbanon have in this regard of not violating Baltos and Baltigra is making Siagim. But Siagim have to be discussed in the Sugi of Baltos and Baltegra. And the source of Siagim is the first mission in Perkiavos. We don't have to look too far. We know the Anchi Knesses Gadola. they knew that that generation was the last generation of Neviim. They knew that. And therefore, they had to think about what was so crucial for Am Yisrael for the next thousands of years that they would need to survive. That's why brachos and Tefillah were enacted then. Nevua ended, and the Rabbinate said, We need the connection to Sparkle to continue. That's why Brachus and Tefillah and all the Gadolah, all the laws, were made then because they knew for the next 2,000 years, right, it was going to be Gaulus. Or they knew it was going to be a long time. And that's what they had to enact many different laws uh, relating to the Holam. So the first Mishnah, we are told a number of the important items that they were involved in. Right? Hamidu Tamidim That's crucial. You gotta spread Torah. You gotta spread Torah to uh to many, uh, to many sources. Um but one of the phrases, as we know, is Asus Gla Torah. Asus Gla Torah. So the pashas is based on what we're talking about, makes and make siyagami, fence laws for the Torah. But there is a, an amazing application of this, quoted by the Meiri in the beginning of his commentary on Perkei Avos. where the Meiri here says, source number three, asus Torah. Up until that time, they didn't have to make such laws. Then it was a problem. Because many people violate Nachrios. You find a lot of intermarriage in Sefer Ezra. And that's the postures of the, obviously, the phrase, uh, also Darshing the passing. But says the Me'iri, there's another uh, idea. The when somebody is talking, I want us to make sure that your words aren't too heavy on the listeners. And it's not too kaved. Those that are listening, even in general, he's not talking about Torah yet. If anybody's ever giving a speech, I want us to make sure that they're not violating, you know, uh on the listeners. And then he says, That's unbelievable, says the Me'iri 600 years ago. Whenever anybody gives a Dvar Torah, they have to know which venue they are in. What is the audience expecting? You know, what is appropriate? What would be the best. Length of time to talk in order to be able to have the greatest results of She Shem shamayim Mis'ahe Val Yadcha and have Talmud Torah absorbed by the listeners. Again, sometimes a Rebbe has to shoot a little bit higher than what the Talmudim would want if the Rebbe thinks that that was what the Talmudim need. But... In general, one has to know. He says, B'mokkum One has to know, is somebody giving a shear? Is somebody giving a Dvar Torah at a simcha? Is somebody uh, speaking under a chuppah? Is somebody giving a Dvar Torah at a Shabbos table? All those four require different types of packaging in the Torah. And therefore, one has to make sure that, you know, we don't violate a susyog. Put a fence around the Torah. about Around your words of Torah that you are saying. Make sure. Make sure it's not too to, uh, too lengthy. He doesn't say it's not too brief. We have to make sure, uh, err on the other side. Whether from his point of view or from the listener's point of view. An amazing application of Asus Yagla Right, there was somebody who always spoke too long. And they asked him, Right, why do you go why do you go so long beyond? Why do you always speak too too too, too long? I want those beginners, those uh, novices, to understand. They say, yeah, you're, you're you're saying it enough times to, to for three percent to understand, but the other people who understand are turning off already, and yakutsu. So, again, that has to be balanced with, you know, the listeners have to say, okay, I only want to listen to four minutes. You know, the rabbi has to shorten his, his drasha. But again, the listeners also have to be honest with themselves and to, to know what's appropriate in this world. Okay. Moving right along. As we know, we have a... Many many mitzvahs in this week's parsha, and in sefer dvarim in general, we have a, uh, many general strong psychopsukim sukim amazing chizuk, and this is one of them. We have in every parsha. Here's another one. Passuk follow Hashem. It says that eight times in the Torah, to follow Hashem. V'yoso tira'u, ves mitzvos savodu, uvo bakun. No mitzvahs in this Pasak. Just do the right thing. It's like Fasisa yeshev Follow Hashem and keep the mitzvahs and serve him and listen to his voice. Uvo bakun. And stick to him. So if you look in source number five, there's a story told when the Chafetz Chaim once met the Gerer Rabbi. what's about the Imre Emes. Hashem Anatolia tells the story. Misupar. The Pam Nifkishu Achavitz Chaim, B'Admar Migur ha'imrei Emes. Vehik Shalov Achavitz Chaim says on this week's Parsha. Rashi says, in a number of places, there's a difference between acharei and Achar. Right at the beginning of the akedah, Rashi notes it. acharei and Achar. Te call Hecha Achar, ze Achar means right afterwards. Achar hadvar ma'ela. Means a juxtaposition in time. Aval Achareh ze muflag. Achareh means extended. The Imkein, what does it say here? Acharei Hashem alakeicham te'lechu. What, we should keep our distance? Isn't the Pazak trying to tell us, be close to Hashem? Acharei Hashem alakeicham te'lechu, lo maksiv acharei, velo achar. V'chein kaza v'rashim b'chilis parasha se'inu, acharei derek mevoa shemesh. Acharei, havaris, havaris yardin harbei, vehalo l'mirachu. So why dafka acharei? Ask the Chafetz Chaim. I wonder if he had his own answer, but he was just asking the Imre Emets. But, says the, said the Imre Emets, you have to feel Acharei, even though you got to try to do Achar. If we feel that we're so close to HaKadosh Baruch finites finite meeting infinite, we're like this, we're tight, you can't feel like we're tight with Hashem. Hashem could say he feels tight with us, but we can't say that we're tight. And somebody, if they reach the darga and they realize the expanse between us and Hakadosh Baruch Hu, then memeila the acharei really could turn into achar. But acharei has to go with our feelings. Remember the Rambam and Nukos Yisodi Torah? How do you? How does? It, how do we come to Avos Hashem and Yiras Hashem? We look at the universe and we realize we're a we're a blip on the on the on the on the on the, on the, on the, on the in the world history, and universe, we're a time, we're a piece of dust. That leads to avas Hashem and Yeraz Hashem. The feeling of acharei says the Imre Emes. If we feel acharei, that'll lead to the end of the Pasuk of mitzvot teshro v'kolos teshmo v'kolos bakon. It's not because somebody feels very close, you know, in, in a way that is inappropriate. Obviously, we should feel, sometimes, we, we feel him, him taking us and the hashkach but he's talking about, obviously, in an inappropriate way. Only somebody who is has the humility and feels the richuk, the distance between, so then they'll feel the connection. of. That's the Imri MS1 answer to the uh, question. Says the Shem Anatov now, here in the fifth volume of the Shem he has another answer to answer the Chavis Chaim's Kasha. He quotes the Gemara at the end of the first Perkins Sota, Yud Dalet. The Gemara says, follow Hashem. How could you follow Hashem? Hashem is a consuming fire. Right, we have to copy Hashem. That's how we follow somebody. Right, if there's a famous person, sometimes you know children will copy a sports figure and they'll feel connected to that sports figure. Somebody will copy anything. Talmidim copy their Rebbe, and by that way, you know they feel connected to their Rebbe. Mahud, and that's the highest form of. Flattery, obviously. Right, we copy That's how we're close to Him. The really. So, what is the tachlus of this pasuk to teach us? The So, you know why it says Acharei? It's to warn us. Even once we, once we do everything and we follow him, we Don't think that we're exactly like a kaddish baruch Hu. Don't think that my beker cholim is like a kaddish baruch beker cholim. My it's still Achare. After. after everything is said and done, we're still far from the infinite. But this is all we need to do. And that's why. HaKadosh Baruch Hu told us what to do to follow him, but we have to always know that we're following him. So again, both thoughts have the same root idea, that we always have to have humility, and maybe that's the... That's, every Jew has that. Remember the Gemara and Yavamis? Three simanim of every Jew. Rachmanim, Bishanim. What does Bishonim mean? That's the hardest word to translate. Doesn't mean it. We usually say Busha means embarrassed. But more means like meek and humble. There's a certain element that we should have of, of bush in front of the Kaddish Barucho, that we, had, we got Busha by Harsinai, the Pesach says in Parsha is Yisro. But again, that's the um, message of both the Imre Emes and the, and the Shem HaTob, what brings them? what brings them together. Okay, there is a popular thought we might have mentioned another context. It said, by three of the great achronim, I gave you two of them on the page, but it's really said by three. We'll see two of the lashonos: the Arachayim HaKadosh, and the Kleiachar, and the svasemis. So if we want to go in order, the Kleiachar and the arachaim and the svasemis. If we would go in uh, in that order, 1500s, 1600s, 1800s, 1900s. So we'll start with the Kleiachar. The Kleiachar discusses the connection between... You are children of Mine. Right. We are always children of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Losis to Do. Do not. What's the the literal? Right. What the, the the mitzvah, not the drusha of Agudas Agudas. What's the mitzvah? We're not allowed to cut ourselves when we have suffer a loss, a relative. There's an iser of uh marking myself, cutting myself, causing myself to bleed. Right, that's go to do sasasimu karchem and echal a mah. Not allowed to pull out hair in uh pain, and we're not allowed to be uh to cut. Rashi, she calls uh loses go to do losit new gidida viseret bib sarchem almace, kederk sha he'amoriimosim. Why lefisha atem banab shalma com? Rashi already notes the connection. Because you are Hashem's children. The Atem ruyimlios naim it is appropriate for you not to be uh, mutilated or bald based on your own actions. Not appropriate. That's all Rashi says. So Rashi already connects. You are children of Hashem. So you have to you have to look presentable. Not, it's not appropriate. But the acronym expand on this and they connect it a little deeper. and losis go to do. So we'll start with the Kli or source seven. If you don't believe in the next world, then a ptira is an eternal loss. And therefore, that's something to mourn. And that's something terrible. And that's something to cut ourselves and to mutilate. Because it's finished forever and the loss is forever. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu was telling us your loss is not forever. You are a treasure nation. What does Hashem do with the righteous? And keep in mind, the Rambam says. Again, the Rambam says maybe it applies to the righteous Gentiles also. The Chasidium Saolam. The Rambam writes. But again, all the righteous people, Hashem takes them. They're not lost. They're just, you know, in a different realm right now. What do we say in Pirkei Avos? This world is the pruzdar. It's only the hallway. Right? After the hallway, then they're in the ballroom. It's painful sometimes, but we have to try to, you know, with our intellectual power, try to overcome. Yes, of course, the Torah and Chazal have a mourning period. But the Gemara even says, and the Shulchan quotes it, that we're not allowed to overmourn. That's not appropriate either. That's an outgrowth of this Isser of Los Godadu. It's alive and well, just in a different realm. But they are alive and well in a different in a different uh, realm. And he continues. And therefore skip a couple of lines. It doesn't mean chas Just add, and as we know, the halacha recognizes, it doesn't mean that we're not supposed to be in pain when someone dies. There's something called aninus, which uh, forbids a relative from doing mitzvos. Not just exempts. Forbids, We Paskin. You're not allowed to do it, because Hashem doesn't want you to be putting on tefillin when you have a relative that has to be buried. So the Torah acknowledges, tirda of aninus and avelus, but there are limitations and there has to be a, a uh, recognition of not to go too far. Right, that symbolizes permanence. The Eino came and that is not true. That's the Klayakar. The Arachayim HaKadosh says the same idea as we're about to see in the words of the Sfas Emes, that he wrote this in 1904. Taf Reish Samach says the Sfas Emes, same idea he quotes a Zohar every neshama is sent to this world like a king sends out his son the prince to do a job for him he sends him out to a village to go learn You know uh, how to be a mensch How to be a village to go Israbi once it's done, he sends for him when the time comes, the king says, okay, you've learned what you needed to learn. It's time to come back. The people of the village are very upset because they're crying. But well, we, we love this man. Now he has to leave. This is all the Zohar. There was a, a, a smart man there. What are you crying for? Malkahu? This is the son of a king. He's got to go back to the palace. <laughs> Moshe Rabbeinu tells us, Your children, your children of the king. And when we've, consi- we've completed our Shlichus, Hashem decides. Says the Svasemes. Every Jew has to remember. rak Right what is in the parsha we just read from Lach the Drachov keep the MS Khushovos bonem banim Anashamoz bonem uba alma zeshin slabeg baguf hu bibikina zavadem the neshama is a ben the eved the goof is an eved av kolritzono makshovos tsaraklios lagzorim komo but going back to the source that selem lokim that were given you know that's the that's what we have to uh to remember it's the extra neshama that we have Right, we just came up in Dafyomi. The Aruch Laner says that the Gemara tells us that a, a demon only has one shadow, but a person has a shadow of a shadow. Babua, to babua. What does that mean? So the Aruch Laner of Yaakov Ellinger says, it's the tzelim elokim. It's the extra tselem that we have. That's the uh, babua, the babua. That's what every person has. But that's that's what we have to recognize. And Hakadosh Baruch Hu made us like this. We have to always recognize that we're, the job is to go learn the Taksisay Malchus. And they'll go back to the show. And that's what he says. If you focus on the body, that means we're missing the message. We're sent from up above. We go back to the source. We have to recognize... Right, the, uh, the the place where we put our tefillah in—that's exactly where the Torah warns us not to cut ourselves. Right, that's what's eternal. That's what will be forever, and that's what we have to recognize that lo um, sikhruhu because we are banim atem Lashem alokecha. Okay. Next pasuk. Get every one of these psukim we could uh, spend a lot of time on. So you are children, you are banim ki am kadosh atah alokecha because you are an am kadosh. You are a holy nation. Read like and Moshe intermixes in this five-week pep talk, mitzvos and life lessons and history. It's unbelievable to read Dvarim as as a in a, take a step back. Sometimes these, even this parsha, we're reading these these major psukim. Right, Hashem, uh, when you came into Eretz Yisrael, when you come into Eretz Yisrael, this is what you have to do. Your children, you're a holy nation. You're an Amsegula, and then he gets into Kashrus, You know, the, 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 weaving, weaving in as a as a master orator. You know, weaves. You know, everything that that uh, would be would be acceptable on the listener. So again, Kiam Kadosh Atal Hashem Al you are a holy nation. Uvacha Bachar Hashem Hashem chose you. To be a treasure nation. So Rashi quotes one line and Rav Salvechik quotes one paragraph. Expanding on Rashi. This is something that Rav Salvechik talks about a lot in his writings. First Rashi. Kiyam kadosh ata. Kedushas Me me'avosecha. You are a holy nation. That is Kedusha that you have inherited from your forefathers. Va'od. Rashi puts a va'od in the Pesach. V'yam Kadosh Atah, number one. Va'od, bicha b'cha Hashem olam segula. And Hashem chose you. So what's the double? What's Rashi adding? What's the va'od? Rashi is splitting up the Pesach. There's a vav in there, but Rashi is splitting up the Pesach. What's the uh, separation? Says of salvation, number one, in the Mesor Sarav. you have two types of sanctity. Every Jew has two Kedushos. That which comes to you by inheritance and in addition, each Jew is given sanctity in his own right. Right? His own sanctity that he has. First of all, there is a sanctity, there is a Kedusha of the Avos, which is our heritage passed on from generation to generation. Going back to, and it took a few forms. It started with Brisbane Abbasarim. Hashem renewed the covenant with Yitzchak and with Yaakov and with Am Yisrael sinai And with Am Yisrael in Arvos Moab. That's all one bris that we have going back. Like the Torah itself, he writes sanctity is a tradition handed down from generation to generation. Number one. Second, there is sanctity of the self, which every Jew has by right. In addition to the sanctity that a Jew inherits from his forefathers, he has another kind of sanctity given to him by Hashem. That's the year. We were chosen. Why did Hashem choose this? Because Avram Avinu. We lucked out. Because Avram Avinu found the Kaddish Baruch Hu and we are his descendants. Hashem did it. Who endows each and every member of Israel in every generation with a special sanctity. Here too, there is no distinction between scholar and uneducated man person of high character and simple man, reveres God, meanly one, all share equally in the sanctity that belongs to Yisrael. And these are the two sanctities, the two Kedushos that were given to us, passed down. The second one, though, is up to us. The second one is Uvachah Bachar. That one depends on us. One of them, the first one does not depend on us. We're born into it. We can never get rid of it. Born a Jew, always a Jew. And nobody could could break that that uh, that definition. But then of course there is the personal one, the Kedusha. Bottom of the paragraph, the sanctity of the patriarchs is passed on by inheritance from Avram, from Moshe, and no sitter has the power to break it. However, when the individual sins and breaks the connection to HaGadosh Baruch, or Rachman al becomes a heretic, a mumar, he blemishes the element of sanctity, which is dependent on his responsibility to keep the conditions of the covenant. And that's why, or if ex- explains, we find sometimes even in halacha, going to the next page, if somebody's a mumar, as I just mentioned, a heretic, for some halachos, he's considered as if he's ki'ilu, not Jewish. And for some halachos, he can't. Mumar, or What does the Gemara say? Ava Pishachata Yisraelu for marriage. If a Jew marries a woman, doesn't matter how much of a Russia that man is, they're married. A get is required to break the marriage. And yet, for other halachos, a mumar is l'cha, mumar lachal a mumar lachal tarakula, mumar l'avodzar is mumar lachal tarakula. They have the status of a non-Jew regarding certain halachas. What's the balance? Certain halachas are dependent on the first kedusha certain halachas are dependent on the second kedusha. it's not up to us for now to go into why should one be totally on one one should be totally on the other the apostate Jew retains the sanctity afforded through his lineage a heritage that cannot be renounced no matter what he does and that kedusha is always for a Jew HaKadosh Baruch is always connected to Am Yisrael the more we connect to him the more we're connected to him but the, the, the root connection of a Jew to HaKadosh Baruch can never be broken. Never, ever, ever, no matter what a Jew does. But the second element, so that's more totally on, on our behavior. And again, the more we come to, close to him, the more he comes close to us. Good. So we have to do our best to, to keep, both, keep both Kedushas. Later on in the Parsha, we have the Mitzvah staka, which also appears a couple of times. Uh, here in, um, in Sefer Dvar. Tesvav Yud. So this is in the context of Shemitah. Right, Ki lo yach always lend money, even though Shemitah is coming. The Pazak tells us, Pasuk Yud Aleph, Tesvav Yud Aleph, Pasoach teftach az yadcha la'achicha, la'aniecha, u'le'ev yoncha v'artzecha. Open up your hand, open up your hand, make sure you give. Right, the Pazuk, previous Pazak, I didn't read it, Nason Titenlo. Make sure you give. Make sure you give. Make sure you give. Staka. So there is a Rambam that we've quoted in the past, but uh, just to expand upon it here, in the Sefer lasanik B'Sa The Rambam says, On the Mishnah, in Pirkei Avos, HaKol Safui V'Harishus Nutuna, Third parak. Everything is viewed by Hashem, uh, even though you have rishus, right? that's the conundrum, which we might not fully understand. How do we have free choice and Hashem knows about it beforehand? Okay, but I'll say it. Hakol rishus but the last four words, fa hakol afi rov Everything goes by the rov hama'aseh. Four words. What do those four words mean? That's where the Rambam has his much quoted idea that if somebody has a hundred shekel dollars, whatever it might be, is it better to give the whole sum to one ani or to give one one hundred to hundred anim, the Rambam says the latter, because staka is not just about the recipient; it's about the effect on the person, and it's better for the person to do hundred mitzvot than to do one mitzvah. That's what it means. Hakolafirobmasa says the Rambam. Hamalos lo the malos meaning the spiritual perfection of mitzvos. Hamalos lo lufishir godel hamase. It's not going to be achieved based on quantity. mispar If he gives a thousand the Saver is the famous But many rishonim say it. The Rambam says it right here. The Rambam says if you do a thousand mitzvahs of staka, it makes a bigger difference than to do one. The goal of life, says the Rambam, is not just about to give the staka, but it's about becoming a different person through the giving of the staka. So the author of the here the Sefer says maybe it's even alluded to in the lashon of our Pasuk, titen lo, Whenever you have a double lashon, is it just you know Dibrator emphasizing, or is it alluding to us? Why is it Nason Titein? So he says Shamati levaer al Maybe it's alluding to us this Rambam. Nason Titein better to do it twice. The more you do, Shemutav la adam laharbos Better to have more givings. Even if they're smaller quantity, better than giving one larger gift. And that's what's alluded to in Nason Titein. And then what does the continuation of the Pazik say? So your heart doesn't become wicked. It's all about the heart all about the effect of the mitzvah on the heart. So through the nason titein that we give double and triple and quadruple, so that'll affect our heart. That'll affect our heart. Then he just quotes at the end a story of Rav Chaim Freelander, the Sif Sechayim, when he was towards toward the end of his life and he was very ill, all of a sudden he came to visit Rav Shach. Rav Shach. And Rav Shach, you know, comes and sees him and says, what are you doing here? alom? tashush ma'od? I would have come to you. So the Sif Sechayim answered... I couldn't wait. I don't think I have much time left. I just want to know. I have a few days. What should I do? He asked Rav Shach. Just learn extra or to work on my midos. What did Rav Shach answer? This was the Sifsechayim, the great Mashkiach who wrote all the Svar Manashtaf and gave all the Musar Shmuzan. And Rav Shach told him, Midos. A few days left because that's what life's about. Mitzvos leading to midos, obviously, and not just about an extra line of gemara, an extra, obviously, it didn't mean I wasn't going to learn. But, the goal of life, the Ramam says, it's not just about mitzvos. Give it staka. It's about how it affects me and in that way, uh, it will, uh, work. And that's what he quotes from the Gra, the Gra, right, in the, in the letter of the Yaris that we have that he wrote to his, uh, his family after it's a little cut off on the bottom, but I'll read it from the, uh, he said the, the Gra the last line on the bottom, Avodas Hamidos he Iker Avodaso shall ha'adam baze ha'olam. That's the Vilnagon. The Iker Avoda in this world is Avodas Hamidos. Avodas Hamidos. And that's something that um, we have to remember, obviously, at this time of year also, when we work on the different areas of our avodas Hashem. Okay, continuing, moving right along, let's try to get in two more uh, ideas. Two more ideas. Tesvav Yud Aleph. Yud Aleph. Continuing the discussion of Tzaka, but what does the Torah tell us? What does the Torah tell us in the discussion of Tzaka? Give Tzaka Ki kilo yechda levion miker because there will always be poor amongst you. Says the Ramban, source 12. Says the Ramban, first quoting Yishma Farshim, it's the Ebenezra. Says the Ramban, what does this possibly mean? There will always be poor. So the passage you might say means, poor means that we're not on the level that we should be. We won't always be perfect. And therefore, Hashem is telling us, there's always going to be poor, so you should give staka. So if we do the mitzvot, then there wouldn't be, but you know what? What could we do? And when we read this from Ramban, Ban, I don't know, when I read it, the emotion of the Ramban comes out through his words. The Ramban, he's not even going to give such a majorly different shot. But even just to say, you know what this passage is saying? We're always going to be doing things wrong. Ve'in says the Ramban. Ki Torah The Torah will hint to what will be in the future. Avalo yisnabe alayhem beferish. The Torah will not say... Explicitly, kaimu mitzvos olam. The Torah will never say, says the Ramban, the Jews, you will not, you will never succeed in your trying to do all the mitzvahs. Chalila, says the Ramban. He adds that word. Chalila. Every word of the Ramban is is magic on uh, in everything the Ramban wrote. Rock ashari if it's saying lo but the Ramban says don't take it so literally. He can't accept that the Torah is telling that, you know, there's always going to be people doing things wrong, and therefore there will always be Evionim. And it doesn't mean that the evyonim are the ones doing things wrong. It does not mean that. Right? Remember the Turnus Rivers, the Rabbi Akiva why they're poor? To give, to give the people the Schus to do more mitzvos. So again, it doesn't doesn't mean that, but that's the Ramban uh, again, uh, just emotion, you know, not being able to uh, to accept that idea. But if you look in the Shvile Chaim, or if Chaim Elaz uh, if you remember the uh, Elaziri, right, the Rov from from Canton, Ohio, in the Shvile Chaim, so he says maybe if we expand the definition of stucca, then we can understand this pasuk a little more. Even if you take it literally, lo <laughs> but it's not because. Very poor evyonimamish. He says, expand what stuka means, and remember that stuka is about like going back to what we said before from the from the um, you know nason It's about the giver. It's not just about the receiver. Or the halacha, which is a surprising halacha in Meseches Ksubis, Tana line thirteen. De machsoro atametsuba l'avafarnaso viatametsuba l'avashro. We don't have to make somebody rich, but we have to give him what he's missing. What does it mean at what he's missing? what he's used to. We have to give somebody what they're used to. What does that mean? That means stucca, that means we have to be in tune with others' sensitivities and feelings and emotions. And it doesn't dafka mean that there's going to be somebody who's in serious dire need because people are are uh, are sinning, but there will always be people who have needs and people who are lacking something. And if we look at staka in that way, in a larger frame of mind, right? That's that's what it's uh, that's that's considered staka, right? It's not just chesed. He explains that's also staka. As he continues turning over. And he quotes from a Yisrael Salanter. It's also a Chazal. Rabbi Rabbi B'chai quotes it in one place, line twenty three. Right, it's a Chazal. Through the actions, I'm expanding a little bit on what he says. But again, if we expand the idea of staka into you know fulfilling other people's lacks, so then obviously it could fit in to a uh, eternal an eternal message and promise from the Torah without um, saying that we are going to be uh, wanting in our avodas sashem. Okay, and one final thought for tonight, uh, and that has to do with simchas Later on in the Parsha, we have the mitzvah of Simchas Yantif, which we mentioned in the past, the B'rish Garav says it's the hardest, uh, the Vilna Goan says, the Vilna says it's the hardest mitzvah uh, to fulfill. The B'rish Rav said it's Sibriti's Mishraim, but the Gra says to be happy for an entire week, no disappointments, to be Simchas Yantif, very, very hard, very challenging mitzvah. But that's the mitzvah we have to shoot to try to do it. This is the Chinuch. Uh, the mitzvah appears here in Tez Zion Yudalid, one of the uh, times towards the end of the Parsha, V'salmachta b'chagecha, Appearing by Sukkis, which has super Simcha, and, uh, and the mitzvah. And the sefer I gave you in the, in source sixteen, mitzvah. Hashem knows that we need celebrations every once in a while. It's good for the human condition. Just like we need food, elah and relaxation. The elashenah and sleep, even though there are those that say sometimes relax, relax, relaxing makes me anxious, but, but, uh, but, you know, people can relax in their own way, not um, speaking from any personal you know, uh, experience. Okay, but anyway, so, mishar mitzvah, that we have to, just like we need food and we need relaxation and we need sleep, we need to be happy. Hashem says, you know what, I'm going to give you a mitzvah to be happy sometimes. Channel the Simcha, channel it. So many mitzvahs. The Chinuch also says it a number of times. We're gonna have to do it anyway, so I might as well make it into a mitzvah, so to speak. Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, uh, He says it by eating on air of Yom Kippur, right? Things that we're gonna do anyway. Hashem puts it in the context of a mitzvah and gives us chiyas that way. Okay, but Rav and we might have mentioned this in other shiurim as well. But he has a very important yesod about Simchas Yantif that really applies to almost all mitzvos, Almost all mitzvos. Maybe not certain chukim that maybe it does, but we just don't understand it. So discusses the idea in one of the yard Shi'rim for his father, in Shirem Losei Mari in Surah 17 and 18, the idea that Yantif breaks Avelos. You know that breaks Avelos? Somebody is sitting shiva or shloshim before a chag, and we in before Rosh Hashanah or before Yom Kippur as well, right? Then Avelus is broken. It's broken, no more Shiva, no more. And the question is, and obviously Shabbos does not, there's a Shabbos in every Shiva. And the question is, why is that? As for Salvechik, why can't Simchas Yantif and Avelus coexist? I'll wear a ripped shirt, I'll sit on the floor, and I'll a person will act like an Avel, and an Avel's allowed to eat Fleshaks, he'll eat meat, and uh, he'll go, get through Yantif. They could go through the motions of Yontif and Avelos. So why is it that they cannot coexist? Why is it that Yontif breaks Avelos? And says Rev Salvachik, because these two mitzvos, again, among many other mitzvahs, but specifically these two mitzvahs represent kiyumim shabalev. Again, one might not say the mitzvah of Makah is a kiyum shabalev. Or a the mitzvah of Oh, think of any other mitzvah. Not every mitzvah is a lulav. Might not be a kiyumim. Maybe it is. Maybe if we think hard enough, we can think of kiyumim. What is it's supposed to feel. It's a mitzvah of ritzui. But says Rav Salvation, at least these two mitzvahs, it's not just about the external manifestations of what the halacha demands of me. But it's about the, those actions are supposed to bring within the sensitive religious person a certain state of mind. One might define it as simcha versus atzvus, or ritziniut, seriousness, or deeper, even as Rev says, Lifne Hashem, or richok Me Hashem. Because ultimate simcha is a feeling of closeness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Even with the achareid that we said before. But it's closest to Akkadish that that's a simcha. And Avelus, you know, gives us a feeling of distance from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So it's the feelings that are contradictory, and the halacha cannot demand opposing feelings of a human being line seventeen. Source seventeen. It's not the actions. that goes in the A novel could also make his family happy. It's the kiam in the heart, That's what's Nasar. There are two opposites. Yes, it's true if somebody is sitting shiva. I once had a case where somebody had to do a burial half an hour before Rosh Hashanah. If somebody is buried and, and, and shiva breaks it, obviously it's an impossible, so to speak, demand, but at least the halacha can't demand the opposites. The understands. Kashbarahu understands. If somebody asks, "How am I supposed to be happy? I can't be happy." So we have to be sensitive and understanding, and we're human. Kashbarahu understands that we're human, but at least the halacha cannot demand opposite feelings from a person at the same time, and that's why that's what he says. Also, V'nirod Yosher Gam Ava Avah emetuvi yudal dabar chalosa the etzim kiyuma mahave mahus shall believe. And it's dikaon nefesh vaatzvus. That's the feeling that has to be brought, and that's the whole point. If somebody is going through the motions of simchas and is very sad, or if somebody is having a party and observing the minhagim of mourning, they're both missing the point, because the point is a certain state of mind and state of heart that was supposed to be in, and therefore, like he says at the end, the pulat cannot can a, can a be coexistent, but the kiyumim shebeleiv cannot be. And we have to recognize that there are many, many mitzvahs that have this, and we have to try to research and appreciate as many mitzvahs as as we can as we get into this month of tshuva, this month of Elul, that is upon us, that Hashem, we should be able to uh, learn and appreciate all the kibim shevalev of all the mitzvahs at